If you have a copy of God's Word, um, this morning we're going to continue our study in the book of Genesis. We're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 27. Again, Genesis chapter 27. We're going to be starting off at verse number 1. And when Isaac was old, and his eyes were dim, so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older, brother, older son, and said to him, My son. And he answered, Here I am. He said, Behold, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver, your bow, go out to the field, and hunt game for me. Prepare for me delicious food, such as I love, and bring it to me, so that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Look at verse 5. Now Rebecca was listening. You guys remember? Sarah was listening that time. Now Rebecca was listening. When Isaac spoke to his son Esau, so when Esau went to the field to hunt for the game and bring it, look at verse 6. Rebecca said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game. Prepare for me delicious food that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord, before I die. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good, good young goats so that I may prepare from them delicious food for your father, such as he loved. And you shall bring it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be mocking him, bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. His mother said to him, let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go. Bring them to me. We're going to deal with the entire chapter today, but let me stop reading there. As we stop there, seeing this bitterness and this spitefulness of Rebecca here. Let me pray for us. Ask the Lord to bless us, and we're going to walk through the rest of the chapter together. Father God, today we come to you at this particular time to be able to hear your word preach. So Lord, we ask you, Lord, this morning to give us a word. Give me the strength. Give me the wisdom. Give me everything that's needed, Lord, to preach your word faithfully. To deal with your test faithfully. Let me not add to or take away from your word, but Lord, let me just expound upon what you already have given to us. We don't need any extra words, Lord. We don't need any extra uh, things, Lord. The word is final. The word is complete. So I pray that, Lord, that your word edifies us here this morning and care for your people this morning and build us up this morning and brings about the one new man that we are in Christ. So, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to allow your word to go forward in power. So bless us this morning. Help us or we are weak. In Christ, let me pray. Amen. One of the things I noticed so far in dealing with Genesis is the difficulty with Sarah towards Hagar and uh, the difficulty towards 
Lot in the way of his herdsman, Abraham herdsman. Um, now we come to the place of Jacob and Esau. Now we get to the place, this bitterness that comes up with now with Rebekah and Ashley Isaac over the sons. They had me thinking about this article about Jen Wilkins. Listen to this. She said, I wanted my adversary to be brought to justice. I wanted my side of the story to be heard and my hurt to be acknowledged. I wanted vindication in front of those who heard my integrity question. Not tomorrow or next year or today. Let me say this again. Jim Wilkins said, I wanted my side of the story to be heard. You guys have been in situations, right? When you want to be able to tell one your side of the story, you want to be told to be told. Well, Jim Wilkins have been there as well. Should I want a vindication in front of those who've heard my integrity question? Not tomorrow, not yesterday, today. I want people to know my side of the story. So always two sides of the story. That's not what happens, she says here. Because God is better to me than I deserve. No opportunity came for any of my wants to be met. And in that season of one word, ungall, Lamentation 319, he taught me truths I would otherwise never saw. Listen to these things. Here are a few bitterness block realizations I learned to cling to. Cling to. She said, first thing, when you're dealing with bitterness, number one, God knows the real story. Y'all write that down. God knows the real story. She goes on to say, every justification I wanted to raise was already known by God. Number two, she says here, God sees the heart of my adversaries in my own. God sees the hurt of my adversaries in my own. As my hurt blossomed, I began to take comfort in the knowledge that if God's word can be trusted, one day my adversary's sin would be called to light. And I found peace in knowing justice would eventually be served, even if not in this lifetime. Number three, write this down. I have caused hurt as well. Jen Wilkins said, I have caused hurt. She took ownership of this. I have caused hurt as well. I may have done nothing, done, I have done nothing to deserve this particular hurt, but I have certainly caused similar hurt, known and unknown for others. And the fourth thing she said she clinged to here, I must refuse the bitter cup. I must refuse the bitter cup. The Bible speaks of our times of hard trials as seasons of one world and gall, a bitter herb and vile. Times that leave us with the lingering taste of resentment in our mouths if we drink deeply in the vintage. And she sums up these four things she just mentioned. She sums up by quoting Lamentations 3, 19 to 24. Remember my affliction and my wonderings. The wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind. Listen to this. And therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning. You see where the book came from, don't you, Greg? They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, 
says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Lamentation 3, 19 through 24. Family, today in our test, we're going to see the opposite here. We're going to see a person that doesn't deal with bitterness the same way that Jim Wilkin responded here. We're going to see somebody here in our text, in our text, going to deal with it in a way of not trusting the Lord. They're going to feel like the Lord is not listening to them. They're going to feel like they got to put it in their own hands. And what are they going to do? They're going to make a mess of it. But what are we going to end with here today? We're going to end with something special. Even in the midst of our failures, even in the midst of us having bitterness, the Lord love is still steadfast. The Lord love is still steadfast. So let's jump into our four points today. Eyes are getting closer to death. One through four. Rebecca put things in her own hands, 5 through 17. Isaac blesses Jacob, 18 to 29. And point four, Esau finds out Jacob delivered Isaac for the blessing. Deceive Isaac for the blessing. Um, jump point number one. Isaac is getting close to death. When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see now this has happened pretty quick. We just got in the story with Isaac. Again, we did about 13 chapters with Abraham, but now we finally get to the chapter with Isaac. Something like two or three chapters we really get with Isaac. And later on we learn about Isaac and in the way of and when they go into the wilderness, and I mean when, when they go into Egypt, we learn more about them later. But for the most part, the, like the biography of Isaac, family is only like two or three chapters. And now we come to the test right here. Isaac was old and his eyes were dim. We don't have a lot about Isaac. But one thing we know about Isaac, Isaac continued the same things that his dad can see. Isaac lied and said Rebecca was his sister, but it was his wife. Isaac got into it with Abimelech over the, the, the whales. So a lot of similarities within Isaac was the same thing with Abraham. What we see here, though, is that regardless of the small amount of chapter that Isaac has, the plan that God has, the promise that God is going to bring about through Abraham, is going to be the same plan that God is going to bring about through Isaac. So the ultimate focus is not the personal struggles of Isaac. We can make this personal every week, a feel-good weekly service, and forget and skip out on what the ultimate purpose in all this. The ultimate purpose of Abraham and Isaac is to bring about the promise. Bring about the blessing of the greatest son to come. So Isaac and Abraham are looking forward to a greater hope. So Isaac, he can't wait too much longer. He's about to die. It's Isaac and them. And normally it's Isaac and them. Isaac is thinking about, I haven't blessed my boy yet. It's going to be this boy or this boy. I haven't blessed him yet. So what did Isaac do? Look back in verse 1. He called Esau his older son. And he said to him, my son. And he answered, here I am. He said, behold, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now then take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out into the field and hunt game for me. And prepare for me delicious food such as I love. And bring it to me so that I may eat 
that my soul may bless you before I die. You might think that Esau was just going to go hunt, right? It's going to be easy. Let me go hunt something, come right back and bring back the food. Well, we know Esau is a great hunter, but it takes time to go hunt something and bring a game back to eat, right? It takes time to hunt and butcher and do everything in the process. The one thing about it, though, is that he wants to get his dad a good meal. So it's going to take a time to go hunt and prepare a good meal for his dad. And what happened here is that Oz is getting ready to bless his son after this good meal. One person says this in the Reformation Study Bible, Joel Beacon says this, just as Isaac's eyes were dim, so he was blind to Esau's ungodliness and failed to lead his family by God's promise to exalt Jacob. Instead, he let his love for Esau's savory meat control him. God's purpose to bless the elect see still will prevail. The verb bless appears 17 times in this chapter. And the related noun blessing six times. So we hear Biki mention to us is that Isaac cared so much about his son being a skillful hunter, they didn't care about the integrity of his son. He was blinded by the talents of his son. Again, I mentioned last few weeks how Isaac, I mean how Jacob, I mean not Jacob, Esau is very similar to the sons of Cain. One of the sons of Cain was a guy named, well, the son, one of the sons' name is, I think, Tuval Cain. They were known for being a skill, skillful with the hand, or skillful with the bow. Nimrod was known as well as skillful with the bow. So Esau was known by his accolades, but Esau is not known for trusting the Lord. So what happened here? Isaac is blinded by the talents. He's blinded by the talents of his son. And he's not going to be able to give the, the promise to the right son. So family, it seemed like the promise is about to be given to Esau. But we know that Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of stew. You guys remember that. But how in the world would Jacob get the promise? The father is about to bless Esau. How would he get the promise? I mean, the father is about to bless Esau, but the promise belonged to Jacob. So Lee, how is this going to happen? How would Jacob going to get the promise if the father is about to give it to Esau? And it doesn't seem like Isaac know anything about the bowl of stew and the birthright. You guys remember the bowl of stew? How they traded the birthright for a bowl of stew? It doesn't, Isaac is not in the loop with this deal. So Isaac doesn't know that, okay, you gave this over to him. So Isaac's thinking about the older son get the blessing. So the older son is Esau. Esau came out first, you guys remember? When he tried, the brother tried to pull him. So Esau, it seems like he's about to get the promise, but Esau is not the promise. So what happened next? Look at point two now. Rebecca put things in her own hands. Now we will see again how God used deceitful sinners to accomplish his goal of redemption. Rebecca is about to put things in her own hands. 
but also let's learn how God would turn the evil deeds of others to work to accomplish his promise. Look at verse 5. Now Rebecca was listening when Isaac spoke to his son, Esau. He said, Behold, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Rebecca understand that time is getting short. It would be a disaster if the promise is given to Esau. How would Jesus come if the promise is given to Esau? How would Jesus come? I don't think Rebecca understands the fullness of this promise. But Rebecca thinking about that she wants her son Jacob to get it because Jacob is the one that's known to be in the house with his mom. But Rebecca doesn't ultimately know that Jacob actually points to actually Jesus. But she knows the benefit of re receiving the promise by Jacob receiving this, that Jacob get the land, that Jacob get these blessings, that whoever cursed Jacob, the Lord's going to curse them. So Rebecca is not going to stop until her son receives his blessing. So Rebecca says to her son Isaac, then with Esau, she says, your brother Esau. You guys notice that in the text? That Rebecca said her son. Then she goes on to say, your brother Esau. She doesn't even call Esau her son. But vice versa, Isaac does the same thing. Isaac called Esau his son, but Isaac doesn't even call Jacob his son. He said, your brother, Jacob. Family, we see the dysfunctional nature of a family already in the text. We see favoritism in the family here. We see bitterness in the family. Family trying to backstab each other here. A house divided, they would say, would not stand. A house shouldn't be consisted of just boxes here. Yes, God's going to hate Esau, but he loved Jacob. It related to the promise. But God still saw the relationship with Esau as a creator create creature. God still saw Esau part of his creation. Isaac and Rebecca Bosnes didn't cherish their earthly blessing from the Lord to care for both kids. And this happened when we neglect gratitude. We do the same thing here. We're not thankful at times. We point blame at others at times. And that's what Jim Wilkin points back to. She took ownership. I have caused hurt here. They were so fixated on what one person wanted over here and what this other person wanted. They're willing to do anything to get what they want. They wouldn't destroy a family because the pride is so strong. They wouldn't destroy everything around them because for them wanted their name to be recognized. Could that be us and our lives? How do we deal with things when we want things our way at times? When it's so difficult and we want it so bad our way, how do we respond in those times of adversity? We see how Rebecca responded. And we're going to talk about it here more about how Rebecca responded. 
but back to put it in our own hands. She was fearful that this brother is going to get something that this her this son's going to get something that she wants this son to have. So what did she do? She went behind her husband back. Some sense of gossip there, sharing with her son what what she heard. And some of us might think about, well, Chris, and that was a good thing she did. By her doing this, Jesus came. Family, I don't buy into that. I would say right here, though, is that Jesus was coming regardless. She could have still been faithful and Jesus was still coming. Her unfaithfulness wasn't going to determine Jesus not coming. It was already a plan for the redemption before the beginning of the world that the son was coming. But for her looking at it is that the promise is not going to come. But I would say the promise was going to come. And God was going to use her regardless. So what happened here? Since Rebecca loved Jacob, she told, I mean, since Rebecca loved Jacob, she told Jacob to bring her the game when Esau go into the field. And this game is not a PS5. This game right here is actually wild kill. Or not even wild kill, some type of food. But this game right here that Esau was going to get, he was going to go out there with a bow and get his game and kill an animal and bring it back. These slip jokers here they went to the flock. They went to the, fat, the animal they already had. So Isaac, I mean, so Rebecca and Jacob go to the flock and kill part of their flock. He obeys his mom. And Jacob and Rebecca were so afraid of Esau getting his promise from Jacob that there wouldn't be deceitful in this moment. It's amazing how bitterness and anger can do. Dave Paulison says this right here. Anger is a brief madness. Anger makes us crazy, blind, confused, and confusing. The beam of sanity are rare. Have you ever noticed and marveled later at your irrationality? What came over me in that moment? How could I have thought that? Or said that or done that. Sometimes insanity is not so brief. It settles in and stays a while. I remember times when I get frustrated in life and I put things in my own hand, I make a mess of it. And those times I'm, I'm, I'm doing things off emotions. I'm doing things off emotion. I look back at it. How, how did I possibly do that? Have y'all felt that before? Have you got angry in the moment? You have to backtrack and like, I said some things I shouldn't have said. I did some things I shouldn't have done. I think right now Rebecca and Jacob, they don't have time. Right now they don't have time. Esau's going to be back in a moment. So right now they're thinking about how they can get back, get this back from Esau. Get this back from Esau, which is this promise that's going to be given to him. This blessing is going to be given to him. How can we get this back? For them, they're moving in this anger and bitterness. They got to do these things. Or it's going to be a mess. 
This reminds me of Rebecca now. I mean, remind me of Sarah. Sarah did the same thing, did she? She was so upset at the Lord that she couldn't have a child that she told Abraham to go into the maidservant. Then later on, she kicked Hagar out the house. And she the one told Abraham to marry the woman. And now you see some bitterness between that relationship there. So Rebecca get afraid. She makes this delicious food. Sarah get afraid. And she gives the Hagar to Abraham. Family. What do you do when you get afraid? What do you do when you get afraid? And some of us in here would say that, Christ, I don't get afraid. I'm good. I'm not fearful. Family, we all have areas we're fearful and afraid in. If you're still giving into pornography, you're afraid of intimacy or something, or you're afraid of not having an intimacy or closeness or whatever you plan on getting out of pornography. If you want to be in a relationship, you're afraid that you will be single forever. Or you're afraid and we keep going on about a job. Afraid that you're not going to be able to make you meet the needs of your job. All of us in this room, at some particular areas in our lives and everything, we get fearful. We shouldn't, right? Because God is the one that sustains all. God is the one that's sovereign. But family, we do. Because God is making us the new man, right? In Christ, he's steady is refining it and making us more like Jesus. But some areas in our lives that we are still not there yet. What happened is that since we're not there yet, Sometimes we do the same thing like Rebecca. We, we try to put things in our hand and we make a mess out of it. So we have to learn how to process times of adversity. I was asking myself this question. Why do you think it's so hard to be okay with the outcome that may not be our favor? Why so hard to accept when times are hard for us, but not might not go in your favor. It's hard to take that loss, ain't it? It's hard to take the loss. I see myself in chess. I'm at the end of my seat. I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose. Even though I beat everybody but Brad, <clears throat> I don't want to lose. I'm coming for you, Brad. But at the same time, though, is that a lot of us is like that in life. We don't want to lose. We feel like when things doesn't happen our way, we're going to lose. Family, we're fine. You're fine. What Christ has done on the cross through redemption, family, is forever. Like we said, he intercedes for us. He justifies us. We're forever right. Family, we don't lose. We're forever secured in Christ. We don't lose. We don't have to do the same, go the same road as Rebecca. We're fine. We're okay. God will ultimately judge. And we can rest in today. That God will provide. Look at point number three. Verses 18 and 29. Isaac blesses Jacob. The book of Hebrews tells us in verse 20, by faith, Isaac invoked future blessing on Jacob and Esau. Huh? By faith? 
Does this look like by faith? How in the world is this by faith with all this is going on in the story? Well, God wrote the scriptures. He said by faith he does this. So how does this happen? How does this happen? How is this by faith that Ashley Jacob gets this blessing? Well, look, look back in our test today. We'll see how this plot plays out. <clears throat> and don't get distracted on the, the failure and deceitfulness of man. But examine the glory of God, glory of God and his wisdom. Jacob goes to his father and tells his father that he is Esau. Look at verse 18. So he went to his father and said, my father. And he said, here I am. Who are you, my son? And Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game, and that your soul may bless me. Isaac tells his father to eat of the game. This game wasn't from Esau. It was actually from Rebekah. Y'all know Jacob don't know how to cook anyway. She put the food together. She tricked Isaac and thinking that it was food from Esau. So not only now that Rebecca was deceitful, now Jacob is being deceitful with her. Y'all see how this works? How we can sin? Then we encourage others to sin around us. She put the food together to trick Isaac. Thinking that it was a fool for Esau. But I'm pretty sure Isaac was like, bro, ain't no way y'all went out there and hunted something and came back this quick. Isaac was like, hold on, y'all came back too quick with this meal. Why you see, look at verse 20. That's exactly what happened. But Isaac said to his son, how is it that you have found so quickly, my son, this food, pretty much? How have you found it so quickly? It takes time to hunt. The brother, they came back with food so quick. They making sure this bag don't get lost. What y'all young folks say? Secure the bag? Hey, he wants to secure this promise. So Isaac went crazy. Isaac like, something ain't right, y'all. First of all, you don't sound like he saw then y'all came back this fast with the food. Jacob responds, because, look at this brother. He responds, because the Lord your God granted me success. The brother even used God's name in vain now. He's trying to be smooth, wasn't he? Y'all got some uncles and cousins and everything, using Bible verse for everything. This is what Jacob's doing here. Jacob said, because the Lord your God granted me success. The reason for Jacob's name to be deceived is because of this type of stuff right here. The word Jacob, Yaakov, in Hebrew is deceiver. The dude now, no, now said that the Lord God gave him success. I think it's a breaking of the third commandment. He's using the Lord's name in vain. The Lord is not blessing him in the deceit. Isaac is still not confident that he is Jacob. Isaac's not confident. This, is, this ain't Jacob. He's still not convinced that. Even after Jacob used the Lord's name in vain, so 
he goes on, look at this right here in verse 21. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come near that I might feel you. Jacob don't, I mean, Isaac don't trust this dude yet. He said, come. He said, please come near that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son, Esau or not. You notice again, I told you guys. He said, come near my son. Esau always calls normally, I mean, get a minute. Isaac normally always called Esau his son. So he said, come here. If you're Esau, my son, come here. Look at verse 22. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice. But the hands are hands of Esau. The dad is confused, like, what is going on here? And did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like the brother Esau's hands. Earlier, I didn't read the verses that now they got some goat hair and put on the skin to be able to touch him to feel like Esau. And it's the last deceitful tactic, tactic was finally enough. They went this far to deceive. And Jacob was able, I mean, Isaac was able to recognize it. Isaac said, something is not right here. So he had to deceive him with hair on his skin. Had to deceive him with a meal. Had to deceive him with saying that he's, he's, uh, he's Esau. Y'all see what happened when you lie one time, you got to keep lying. When you be deceitful, you got to keep being deceitful. And also, family, look how far they're able to go in bitterness. Look how far they was able to go in this. To convince, to try to convince their own father, their own husband of their innocence. What happened? With all the deceitful stuff that happened. He blessed him. He blessed him. Even though Isaac is still not all the way convinced, because he goes on to say this. Look at verse 24. Are you really my son, Esau? He's not confident as his son. He answered again, I am. And Isaac gave Jacob the blessing. And he said, bring it near to me. Bring it near to me that I might eat my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him, and he ate it. He brought him the wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near, and he kissed him. And Isaac smelled the smell of the garment and blessed him and said, See the smell of my son is that the smell of a field the Lord has blessed. May God give you of the dew of the heaven of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. Now Jacob has received his blessing. And what the Hebrew tells us? The Hebrew writer tells us by faith this happened. By faith. It's amazing how in the midst of this, Isaac 
Isaac didn't know ultimately who the promised son was. Isaac was thinking that the older son get the blessing, and that's it. And it lets us know also as well that Noah, Moses, and the brothers in the Old Testament, they didn't have the revelation that we have clearly. We know now that Jesus is the true offspring, that Jesus is the one that coming, that Jesus is the one that all the Old Testament point to. They didn't understand it's holy. But Isaac, by faith, want to bless his son. But what did God do? God used the wicked and the sinful act of bitterness to bring about the Messiah. God didn't support what they did. God ultimately had a major plan that for his son to come and God still allowed Jacob to get the blessing despite their ungodliness. Family, it should be encouraging for us. For us in this room to have your head down right now. They're discouraged about failure after failure after failure again and again and again. God doesn't base his love upon you based upon your failures. God bases love upon you because of the love of Christ. The, the, reason, the reason in all of this is because of Christ and Christ himself. The reason why this blessing goes to Jacob is because of Christ. And then what God does for us, and I fail you, God still gives us a promise. We've mentioned the promise over and over. He's going to be with us. He's going to care for us. He won't leave us. He continued giving us a promise. We can trust that. Point number four. Esau finds out Jacob deceived Isaac for blessing. What do y'all think going to happen now? Esau, all this time, is out there working. And all the deceitful stuff going on, Esau was doing what his father told him to do. He's out there working to get a game for his father. Now he finally knocks on the door about to go into his father's house with the game. Not having a clue what happened. Prepared the delicious meal for his father. All this hard work for his father. And not thinking that a bowl of stew that he traded the birthright for years ago is going to come back and hunt him. So you're thinking that this is going to be easy. I'm going to go into this house. I'm going to get a soup to my dad. Is this bowl. I'm going to get this, this game to my dad. And his dad is going to give me the blessings. So Esau thinks the bag is secure. Look in verse 30. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, he barely went out. So he barely went out. Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. And also prepared delicious food, brought it to his father, and said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that he may bless me. His father Isaac said to him, Who are you? And he answered, I'm your son, your firstborn. Isn't that the same thing that Jacob said? I'm your son, the firstborn? Esau? The Isaac trembled very violently and said, Who was it then that hunted the game and brought it to me? 
and I ate it all before you came, and I have blessed him. Could have been a Hittite. Could have been a Jebusite. Could have been an Egyptian. Who I already blessed somebody and gave somebody this blessing. Yes, and he shall be blessed. Verse 34. As soon as Esau heard the word of his father, he cried out with a seemingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, oh my father, bless me. There's no way. I've been waiting all my life for this. I'm the oldest son. I get the blessing here. And Esau said, Is it not right? named Jacob for he had cheated me these two times he took away my birthright behold now he had taken away my blessing then he said have you not reserved a blessing for me now Isaac answered and said to Esau behold I have made him lord over you and all his brothers I have given to him for servants with grain one and have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and he wept. Then Isaac, his father, answered him and said to him, Behold, away from the fatness of the earth, shall your dwelling be. I think if I was Esau at this time, I would say, Dad, I don't want to hear no more now. No. Uh, just stop all that. Stop it. I don't want to hear no more of this. No. Behold, away the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be. Away from the dew of the heaven on high. By your sword you shall live. You're going to be fighting all the days of your life. Sound like the seed of the serpent, doesn't it? And you shall serve your brother. What? Serve your brother. But when you grow restless... You shall break his yoke from your neck. Look at verse 41. Now Isaac, I mean Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. And Esau said to him, The days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. So Esau gets to the point now is that I can't kill him now because of my father. But I'm going to kill this brother eventually. But the father and ram. I'm getting him. Esau now is angry. He hates his brother because of the blessing and the birthright. Now Jacob has to flee away before Esau kills him to preserve the promise. But let me mention one more thing before we end here. Rebecca will be deceitful one more time. Becky says this. Though Jacob received the blessing as God ordained, he and his mother paid a high price for the deceitful scheme. Despite Rebecca's hopes, Jacob would stay with his uncle far from his parents, not a few days, but for 20 years. But verse 46, we see this cunning nature of them. Rebecca said to Isaac, said to Isaac, load my life because of the Hittite woman. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of the women of the land what good will my life be so for me? First of all, Rebecca knows Esau is about to try to kill Jacob. Of course that 
Esau marries a Hittite woman. But this wasn't what Rebecca is thinking of. Rebecca is using the Hittite woman to get actually Jacob out of here, to get him to Laban. She want to get him out of here before he get killed. So Rebecca works in a way to help Isaac get sent over to Laban to eventually, Jacob gets sent to Laban to eventually for Jacob to marry Rachel here in the next couple of weeks. So fam, as we end here, have you noticed how much has been involved with the coming of this promise? Sometimes the promise isn't based on good men, is it? Jacob is a prime example of failure. The promise is based on Christ. Regardless of Jacob's failure, the Christ is coming. Let me end with some application here. When we think we are in a rush, sometimes we get desperate. We get afraid. Family, we're not in a rush. Yes, we urgently share the gospel, but understand regeneration comes from Christ alone. We urgently want to share the gospel. The Christ is the ultimate one that saves. And not even just relating to sharing the gospel and, our, and giving the gospel to somebody, but even in life in itself. We're okay. We're in the hands of our soul Savior. We can work hard every day. We can do everything for God's glory every day. But family, we don't have to feel like we have to dishonor the Lord to save the Lord's name. The Lord's going to save his name regardless of us. Point number two, application two. It is so easy not to trust the Lord and put it in easily, easy not to trust the Lord and it's so easy to put things in our own hands. Maybe wait on the Lord, even when it seems like doors are closing. And also, remember that the Lord will bless his people with the fruits of the Spirit. So Rebecca, you can wait. All the anger and bitterness, all the stuff that came with what you did, when you drunk the bitter cup, you didn't have to drink that bitter cup. You didn't have to go this far right here to try to get your son this particular promise. You could have honored the Lord and wait on the Lord. The Lord will will be done. Even when we fail others, the Lord doesn't turn his back on us, family. The Lord created an opportunity for Jacob to flee. Even the deceitfulness of the mother again the Lord created opportunity for them to flee. The Lord does the same thing for us. So when things doesn't look the way we want to look, let's wait on the Lord. Let's wait on him. And it's hard. And we try to convince ourselves the Lord said do this. The Lord says do this. The Lord didn't tell you that. Wait on the Lord. Just wait on the Lord. As you wait on the Lord, the Lord will guide your footsteps. Because the Lord tells you to do something, the Lord leads you in something, the Lord is going to allow you to honor him the whole process. If you send the Lord is telling you to do something, but you're not trusting the Lord, you're bitterness towards other folks, all those other things that's happening in your life, the Lord has called you to do something, 
the Lord's going to care for you through it. You can trust him. Even when it's so hard, you can trust him. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for us.